So big news this week. You got big news? No, you had big news. Okay. We've become so popular we crashed our own server. <laughs> like and you had to call in like Buddhism to try to help us. Uh to be fair, I crashed the server. I, I like my version better. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean I just I didn't know that rebooting would cause a thing to happen. Mm, no, we were flooded so hard. Yep, that's it. That's totally it. listeners. Yeah. The <laughs> uh, in actual big news, I'm going to be a homeowner. Did you get one? I got a house. Sweet. It, I'm so adult. It's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Looking for a house fucking sucks. It's the worst. It's a lot of fun, it's exhausting, and it sucks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was the first one I feel like we walked in and it felt like home. Mm-hmm. And so, this wasn't the first Did offer. Did you immediately get naked and get in someone else's bed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got in the shower. Uh, this, wasn't the, this wasn't the first one that I put an offer on. But when I put previous offers in i was like okay don't get emotionally invested if if it doesn't happen you won't be disappointed you just move on it, it was really hard not to get emotionally invested in this one uh it like it was it felt like home everything was perfect does everything have 36 inch wide bathroom doors <laughs> so you don't get stuck uh the shower is really good really big so that's good uh it's one of those things, like my mom always says, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And I totally don't believe in that. <laughs> but I get why people do when things like this happen. Like, everything lined up, everything was completely perfect, and then I got the house. Uh, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. When uh, the last time, the most recent house that we bought, uh, we went to look at, it, at a house, and like, the... The realtor excused herself and said, like, I never do this, but I need to use the restroom. So she went and took the biggest shit ever and, like, let, let us go because we came back up and the whole floor was just like, oh, my God. The sewer must be backing up in this house because something is disgusting. <laughs> like, we knew what it was. We didn't say anything, but it was just, like, if I was her, I would have left the door shut. Yeah. And then, like, right before we left, like, oh, I need to make sure I turned off the lights mm-hmm. and then ran in and opened that door. Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> not just. Excuse me. Oh my God! Why does the whole top floor just smell like raw sewage? Oh, that was me pooping. <laughs> I oh. took a poop back there. Okay. <laughs> These windows are nice. <laughs> I'm gonna breathe through my mouth now. Oh no! Don't breathe through your mouth because then the poop article. We've already went through this. Yes. It'll go in your mouth and then you'll taste her poo. You know, most of taste is smell. Yeah, but okay. not with my tongue. The only thing you would taste is if her poo is salty, sweet, sour, bitter, or Those if you are believe not some people. Those questions I want the answers to. I don't want to know what anyone's poo tastes like. <laughs> We've, we, I think we established long ago I'm not into the pee thing. Yeah. I think it goes without saying I'm not into the poo thing. Yeah. Not Not a thing. So were you into the existence thing? Uh, was there poo involved in that? 
No, but those weird controllers were like pseudo nipple clitoris machines. They were incredibly bio. They were yeah. very. We're getting ahead of ourselves, though. Definitely. Let's start with Videodrome. Videodrome. Th- Synopsis. So this was all. This was all David Cronenberg films. Yes. Uh the synopsis was which hold on which isn't even necessarily the connecting thread like these are basically the same concept executed in two different ways mm-hmm. like or about two different topics um it's the same as the fly they they just happen to be david cronenberg movies but it's like david cronenberg doing the same movie twice with two different vehicles it's it's the key to remake me so they're not technically remakes. They're not sequels. It's technically a double bill, but they're kind of remakes. They kind of are. And they're kind of remakes of The Fly also. Okay, we'll talk more about that because I don't know if I saw that. Okay. Give us the synopsis for Videodrome. The synopsis? Did your mouth just autocorrect you to say snack? <laughs> <laughs> no what it is is we talked about like our, our our light ban on the whiskey drinking okay and i have one because it's been like a rough week and i wanted to get it some funny juice in while mm-hmm. we started yeah so it's working really well because that synaxis <laughs> was delicious uh so and it's getting warm so i need to take off my robe because <laughs> okay go ahead the i'm just gonna robe. get undressed when <laughs> So James, <laughs> that sounded exhausting. You're breathing as much as I normally am. James Woods. James Woods runs a cable channel, a C that, that shows alternative, like porn and violence, and then a bunch of shit happens, and it doesn't make any sense. That's the synopsis. <laughs> That's the- <laughs> Not a synopsis. That's a terrible synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think we should just try to figure out what the movie is as we go. So, yeah. So let's leave that as the synopsis. Uh-huh. And then we'll just do a half hour doing the synopsis. Sure. Okay. Okay. So, so James Woods runs the CD channel 83, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's kind of porn, kind of violent. Uh, and they're the alternative cable station, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of his guys that works for him, one of his tech guys, calls him and he's like, hey, I've got something you want to see. Mm-hmm. It's called Videodrome. Yeah. And I'm skipping a bunch here. First. You missed the the classy kabuki dildo. Yes. That's where <laughs> I was going with that. So he like goes into a meeting with like these Chinese businessmen and they're like, we got a show to sell you. And he's like, just show me the last episode. I want to see this. And they show him like this kabuki doll that's dressed. It's it's dressed, but then as slowly as the woman dis disrobes it, it turns out it's just a dildo, like yeah. dressed like a like a person. Also, they could not have been more Japanese, you racist <laughs> white guy. <laughs> uh, they had the, the slanty eyes, so <laughs> They're from China. They can't be Japanese. I wrote Chinese in my notes (laughs) because I wrote Chinese businessmen are eating cheese puffs because it looked like there was a giant plate of cheese puffs. And I was like, I could hang out with these Chinese men, these Orientals. (laughs) 
I heard there's an express. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. Of course, they were Japanese based <laughs> yeah. on based on the figures the, and stuff, all like the that. culture and the way they looked. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's the worst kind of racism when I don't know it. <laughs> yeah, I feel so bad. <laughs> Just the casual, like, oh, they were Chinamen, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's just like basically softcore porn. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 Skinamax is basically what he's doing. But I loved that. Like five minutes into the movie, she's slowly undressing a dildo that's dressed like a person. Yeah, it's got a kawuki mask and a, a kimono on and everything. Takes the mask off and it's like, oh, that looks weirdly smooth. Yeah, and then takes the, the oh my god the kimono it, it, off. It is a dick. That is a huge. <laughs> It's a huge dickhead. <laughs> and immediately I'm like, I love this movie. <laughs> Any movie that surprises me with a dildo. Yeah. Surprise dildo. Yeah. It's just like I like my women. Also, you, su- you surprise me with a dildo and I am thrilled. Also, it was made of wood. <laughs> so, you know. How did we know it was made of wood? Because you can look and see it was made of wood. Hmm. Or it was made to look like wood. Hmm. I mean, it was definitely made to look like wood, but what was the material? Okay. That was a penis joke. So anyway, so tech guy calls him down. He's like, hey, there's a show called Videodrome that I just found. It's on a scrambled station. Mm-hmm. Um, from Malaysia. From Malaysia. And it's just a woman getting beaten, just mm. tortured. Against a clay wall. And he's like, hmm, this this seems like something I'd be interested in purchasing. Yeah. See if you can find more about this Videodrome. But also, he's like this really awesome engineer who can hack scrambled The tech guy sites. is. The tech yeah. guy is. Hack scrambled satellite signals and all this. And he's like, uh, yeah, that clay wall. I think it's electrified. Clay's an insulator. You can't electrify clay. Come uh, on. Um, I you th- are an electrical engineer. Mm-hmm. You know how electricity works. Here's the thing. He knew what was really going on, though. We find a spoiler. Yeah. Okay. He knew what was going on. So I think Cronenberg, I would give him credit for knowing that's the character of Harold, the tech guy, just bullshitting his way through things. But Harold, the tech guy, co-invented Videodrome. The signal that turns people into assassins the moment they see it. Do you know people that haven't watched this movie are like, what the fuck are you saying? But it makes total sense to you and I. So we're still. No, it doesn't make sense to me because I told you my synopsis. A bunch of bullshit happens that doesn't make any sense. Okay, so all right, let's pretend we still don't know what's going on. So uh, he watches Videodrome. Um. And then I can't even like picture this movie chronologically, man. So he he, he you skipped over the the talk show. He goes on a talk show. Professor he, Oblivion. Professor Oblivion appears on the TV. Mm-hmm. The on, TV on a TV show on Sally Jesse Raphael. Right, and he's he he says a, a comment. <laughs> Sally Jesse Raphael. I used to watch I that. Totally used to be my go to yeah. when like my mom you're was home from sick. You you're homesick from school. You, yeah, you watch The Price Is Right. And maybe some Sally Jesse Raphael. And maybe so, some Donahue. So my mom... Yeah, because I had five channels as a kid. Yeah. So I definitely just watched like 
daytime talk shows. It was either that or, or PBS. And my favorite was definitely Sally Jesse Raphael, I think. But it would also be disappointing. Like your whole day of skipping school for no reason was ruined if it was a crappy episode. Like yeah. I was molested as a kid or something like that. <laughs> That's not a good one when you're in third grade and skipping school and want to watch something cool. Yeah. Oh, this is the one where she has the white glasses too. <laughs> the red glasses were much better episodes. They were. Yeah, I agree. Um, but Sally Jesse, uh, I think it was more Maury that did this. Maury confused me as a preteen and because teen. Maury used to kind of have, have substance and content, not just you are not the father. No, no, no. More li- you'll get what I'm saying. Okay. Maury had a lot of episodes about trannies and transgender people. Mm-hmm. So there would be a, a stage of 20 beautiful women that they would interview throughout the show. They would do a uh, a swimsuit show. And every single one of them was gorgeous and super hot. And you knew when you're watching the show, half of them are guys. But so my, like, I'm straight. I know which half. Yeah. No, I didn't. I was just <laughs> looking at all 20 of them going, they're all super hot. I know that half of them are dudes, but they are all hot. And it was, and is, like, <laughs> continues to be, <laughs> like, a source of confusion for for Russ here. Uh, yeah. I'm, I would watch Sally Jesse Raphael right now if that popped on Netflix. Totally. I would love to do that. Yeah. Anyway, so she's he's on Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah. So Professor Oblivion says a thing about, in the future, everyone will be on TVs and... Every uh, obliv- he says Oblivion is not my real name. In the future, everyone will go by fake names, and it's like he's describing the internet. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely, he's he completely describing the internet. Mm-hmm. And in uh, jumping a little bit because it's hard to not talk about these movies interwoven. At the end of Existence, they're all on smartphones. They're, the, they're, they're, the very very end of Existence, they're on smartphones, like filling out their uh, oh yeah their surveys yeah. And this is before smartphones. Well, it's, it's totally in Palm Pilot territory. 1999 is totally Palm Pilot. Okay, maybe. Um, all right, so maybe I'm dropping the ball. But but I definitely, he he's foresighted into seeing what, what's happening mm-hmm. here, Cronenberg is. Yeah. So he's on this talk show, and he starts flirting with uh, this woman that is, if he is the, he's obviously the very pro- liberal show anybody everything they want feed them they want sex they want violence and there's the woman that's uh she's the ann coulter right of the sure right except good looking right so on maury povich ann coulter would be (laughs) would be the male Mm -hmm. and then this woman would be the female yeah sorry ann coulter's gross (laughs) It's like Ann Coulter and Kathy Griffin, like opposite ends of the spectrum, equal sides of the screwability scale. Uh, okay. I, I guess I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said that begrudgingly. I had to think of that. Uh, is, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think Kathy Griffin's that bad, but oh. also Ann Coulter isn't Well, she's a terrible that person. That bad, but yeah. Oh. Um, I, would, I would rather screw Kathy Griffin. Okay, so I've re- politically speaking, <laughs> personality-wise, I've already made myself feel and look terrible with the Chinese-Japanese thing. Yeah, is 
I said tranny like five times. Is that yeah. a derogatory term now? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's totally like the slang and that's totally what they were called at the time. But yeah, I, I would say that that is a completely insensitive term. Ouch. Well, you even said that without a joke towards me, so it even yeah. hurt worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that really hurt worse. But you could be talking about a transmission and everything will be fine. <laughs> It was that mechanic episode of Mort Pope, which yeah. is what I was talking about, everybody. Let me backtrack. Let me half issue, of these are engines, half of them are trainees. Let me issue apologies. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, no disrespect to anybody. I mean that sincerely. Um, and that's normally where I would laugh because I was making a joke, but I'm not. So he's on this... On a very special episode. He's... <laughs> Uh, and that's Russ's final thoughts. Um, okay, so he's on the TV show. Mm-hmm. He ends up hooking up with this woman. Yeah. And very quickly you realize she, remember, you're thinking in Coulter. Right. She is super fucked up. She a freak. She's got, she's like the epitome of daddy issues. Like <laughs> yeah. at one point she like is, she's pers- she's showing him like, that she likes to get cut when they're in bed together. Yeah. At one point, she puts uh, a cigarette out on her breast. Later, yeah. So the, the first meeting, basically, they're like, she's like, hey, let's go back to your place and watch porn. And then they watch porn, and she says, take out your pocket knife and cut me. Yeah. <laughs> zero to 40. <laughs> okay. All right. So who says I, zero to 40? Uh, zero to 60. <laughs> we're not quite there i knew what i was saying i was taking the phrase i was stepping it back okay by about 20 percent that'd be that'd be a third not 20 percent. i said about so that gives me that gives me a 13 percent. that gives me a 13 percent variance yeah, so, sure. <laughs> you don't know about the 13% variance rule? 13%, yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. So, anyway, steps it back between <laughs> between 20 and 33.33333%. And, uh, blood. You into blood? Uh, so, I, I did the online dating thing. <laughs> okay, this is <laughs> way more of a serious answer than I was expecting. <laughs> So, and the site I use most frequently was OkCupid. And they have a question, like, they, they make you answer a bunch of questions and stuff. So You're about they can, to blow my mind, I can tell. One of the questions they have is, uh, would you, if you were asked, would you cut somebody during sex? Whoa. And so, I always found, like, that was, that's one of the things I really liked about OkCupid is, you know, they were very blunt and it all went into their algorithm, their data was all anonymous but they aggregated it and sent you like um great things they did all sorts of surveys based on um their data and everything but yeah that that was the one thing that was like this is this is a thing that happens like i guess i'm not i'm not a prude but i'm not i would never want to cut somebody i feel like there's a thousand other questions that could be raised before that like having another person in bed having somebody of the same sex in bed seems like it'd be way higher on the list of like more common things i'm not saying it was like the blood. number one question but <laughs> oh i thought that was <laughs> cut me while i bleed dot cupid dot com yeah <laughs> uh, yeah the, so it always, it always came out of new nowhere and i was like 
I don't know. I don't know that I could like strangle someone, but I feel like I would feel more comfortable with that because I could vary the pressure. Cutting someone like I don't know where where to cut or how deep. You accidentally like get their jugular, <laughs> yeah. like on, like on what we do just, with the shadows, and yeah. they're just bleeding all over. You're like, and it's good it's for like, you. Is it good for you? Yeah, it's like, oh well, you know, he killed his wife, and it was like, no, I was. She asked. She was asking for it, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Officer, the cuffs are hurting. Uh, so, so this woman's super weird. Is yeah. the point right? Yeah. Um. And James Woods decides he's going to start investigating more into this Videodrome thing. Because this, well, is, this is the thing that he needs to, to, to take his channel to the next level. Also, they basically bone in Videodrome. He starts hallucinating, and they're in the room where that lady was getting tortured. Yes. While boning. Mm-hmm. So, thing, weird things are happening. And... Awkward sex scenes are happening. So it seems to be Cronenberg <laughs> <laughs> staple. Yes. Uh, so they sleep together. Then he starts investigating. Right. Mm-hmm. So he ends up finding out pretty quickly that Oblivion is the one in charge of Videodrome or creating Videodrome. Yeah. Which is seemingly contradictory because, like, I, I keep getting confused about like what people's motivations are. Like, is Oblivion, Oblivion runs a mission, basically, right? So, like, these homeless people are funneling in, like, they're going to get fed, but they're just set up in little cubicles. And he basically gonna... has uh, his own religion, the the Church of the Cathode Ray. Yeah, but, but it's like a mission, right? So, they all funnel in, and they all are just set up in little cubicles where they watch a tube TV. Right, because the, the warm glow of the, the Cathode Ray is kind of... His spirituality. So James Woods ends up talking to Oblivion's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, getting little pieces, sort of, of what's going on with Videodrome. Right. She says that uh, she, he will speak to her, or he will speak to James Woods on tape if he deems, you know, like he's worth doing business with or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets a, a Betamax yes. in, the, in the mail from, uh, from Oblivion. Oblivion. Uh, right around this time, too, he watches another video, which I, I don't know if it's being sold to him or if it's already on Channel 83, but it's like ballerinas wearing swastikas dancing on stilts. Yeah. Dude, this movie's weird. <laughs> I just want to point out that ballerinas wearing swastikas dancing on stilts is just something that happens. Like, that's not <laughs> yeah. even a thing. That's it's just, just... It's just something that happens. <laughs> it's in the movie. <laughs> um, okay, so he gets the message from Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a video drum, or at least he's having hallucinations around it. Yes. And... He is having a conversation with Oblivion on the screen. Mm-hmm. This is a tape, and he is having a conversation with a taped individual. Yes. Um, is this where the belly happens, or does he no. ki- he he kisses it first at this point, right? Because it cuts. Yeah, it this cuts is when it ends, and then it ends, and then he sees Ann Coulter 
on yeah. the TV because she's decided she's going to leave and go on vacation to Pittsburgh. Because Pittsburgh is where it's filmed. They've found out that it's not made in Malaysia. It's made mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. So in Pittsburgh is where she is. And now he sees Ann Coulter on the TV. Right. Getting hit um, and saying she wants it. Mm-hmm. She's enjoying herself because this is what she's into. Right. And then it zooms in on her lips. Zooms in on her lips. He goes to the TV, which begins to liquefy, pulsate. It begins to pulsate and get all veiny. It mm-hmm. basically engorges. Yeah, it turns into a throbbing penis. Yeah, it gets a little turgid. Um, so it goes from flaccid to erect, and he tries to make out with the TV. Right. In which case... Goes from a penis TV to a vaginal TV because it starts to absorb him. I would say it was more of a like it was more booby, more boob like. Okay. Because he doesn't go in at all, but it kind of envelops him. Gets around, goes around him, Mm -hmm. like blows up like a balloon. I want everyone to pause right now and Mm -hmm. email us, or send us a message on our Facebook account to let us know if you haven't seen this movie exactly what you're envisioning (laughs) because. I can't imagine listening to this without having seen exactly what we're talking about. It's basically Rawhead Rex. <laughs> I don't think so at all. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, okay. So now he's he's super invested in Videodrome. Uh, more investigations happen, and he winds up on his couch, mm-hmm. shirtless, wearing a, like... Over the shoulder, like kind of like vest, like holster that mm-hmm. you see, like police detectives have. Yes, and he has a, a gun. Mm-hmm. So he's watching video drum, and it's the most American thing I could possibly think of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting at home, shirtless with a gun, watching video drum, and then softcore pornography, and he's scratching his belly with mm-hmm. the gun. Yeah, and then he looks down, and he realizes that he now has an abgina yeah just a hole opens up in the middle of his belly it's not even a hole though it's it's a vagina yeah it's It's super vaginal but it's Mm -hmm. a slit but it's not like this is a wound right because he turns into a marsupial basically Mm -hmm. because like hey you know what i should do with this thing i'm gonna stick my gun in there Mm -hmm. and it'll hold it yeah because I'm like a Mar- loses it in there. Because yeah, he he legitimately acts like he loses it. Like yeah. oh shit, where did it go? And then it seals up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, that was obviously a hallucination. As me as a viewer is also thinking, of course he's it been is. Calling all these hallucinations. Yes. So obviously it was a hallucination, and he throws up couch cushions and everything, looking for the gun because obviously it's somewhere. It's One not. does not turn into, you don't just end up with an abgina mm-hmm. and then have it disappear. Things usually go bad. Like, things go south after that point. Yeah. Once you insert an entire gun into mm-hmm. your a body, any body cavity, right? it's a bad thing. Generally. Um, yes. So now he had that hallucination. Um, he ends up hooking up with a guy that works as an at uh it's called spectacular optical right this is supposed to be the one of the co-creators along with oblivion yes Uh, so spectacular optical is the los uh hermanos pollos 
of Videodrome. Yeah. Right? It's the front. It's it's an eyeglass shop. It's an eyeglass shop that I'm pretty sure makes the glasses from They Live. If sure. anybody's going to make it, it's got to be them, right? Sure. They make the eyeglasses for They Live. And this guy that runs the shop is trying to explain more about Videodrome to James Woods. Right. At this point, the daughter has told... I think at this point, the daughter has told him that... Or no, this is after... At some point, the daughter says, my father made Videodrome, and his co-creators wanted to weaponize it, and so they killed him. It's after this. Okay. Because he's still like, this guy from Los Pollos Hermanos is helping me, and he puts a giant walnut on his head. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) He puts a giant walnut on his head, which is like Virtual Boy, Yeah. but way bigger. Virtual Boy, it's a nice timely reference. <laughs> we live in an era with three <laughs> VR consoles. I don't, I couldn't tell you one of them, but I can tell you about Sally Jesse Raphael <laughs> yeah. and Virtual Boy. Did you have a Virtual Boy? No, I didn't. I totally did. When they when hold they... on, we should explain what Virtual Boy is first. <laughs> okay, so it's the most awkward thing ever. It it's a huge heavy thing, and you don't strap it to your head like you do modern day we VR. We start at the beginning. Consoles. This is a video game system. Yes, from it's Nintendo. In the, in the loosest words of the word system. Yeah, and so it has a stand that you sit on a table, and you awkwardly stick your face into it, and then what you're agreed with is three dimensions, except it's all in red, because <laughs> red was the only color and, they could output. And black. Well, yeah. You have to have a background. There's Let's red, call an it absence what? of red. <laughs> So and black is not a color of light. So I love the it's idea. Of light. I love uh, that when you played the Virtual Boy, there was never going to be a comfortable way to play it. No, like you had to lean forward or stand and lean in order to do it. Mm-hmm. And your eyes always hurt after like fifteen minutes. I never played it for more than fifteen minutes because I was kind of spoiled as a kid in that we got we we literally had every we had the Sega Dreamcast. Okay, that's. Okay. How crazy it got. We were Did like, you have a master system? We No. Because I had a master system. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It was, there was Sega's before the Genesis. Oh, okay. Well, we had a lot of systems. It played, it played carts and cards. <laughs> so we had a lot of, we had a lot of video games. And I remember like, Virtual Boy's coming out, mom. We need to get this. It's awesome. It's going to be awesome because you'd see the commercials. Mm-hmm. And then I played it in Target and I was like, you don't need to buy me Virtual Boy. <laughs> Uh, that's how pathetic this thing is i got one in a kmart when uh stores were just trying to get rid of them for 19 dollars oh and all the games were a dollar a piece this this was like 1994 money too man yeah this thing i think was 250 dollars when it came out oh i'm sure 250 it was 19 dollars how many dollar a game they couldn't have came out with many games right it had to have been i think they're like 12 or 17 that's so pathetic yeah and I had like half a dozen. So he's where <laughs> the world's biggest collector of Virtual Boy <laughs> by accident. So he's got this giant thing on his head and it's he's just watching more Videodrome. Yeah. Right. Because at this point. Do we know what Videodrome is? No, no, no. we don't know what Videodrome he's, is. Yet. He's still being exposed to it. Yeah. Okay. So after this, I think is when we learn from what's her face. Right. The Oblivion's daughter, Oblivion, that Oblivion's, uh, Los Pollos Hermanos guys backstabbed him and killed him, and they've weaponized it. 
That's yeah. why he is going crazy. And Oblivion's been dead for 11 months. Yes, and he's just recorded a shit ton of videos. Apparently with like everyone's name in them. Yes. Well, no. he specifically says Max. But that could be Videodrome doing that too. But also on the talk show, he responds to Sally Jesse Raphael. That's true. And they said that Videodrome has not gone on any signal ever. Just tapes. Not yet, though. They haven't said that yet. No, but I'm saying for the plot, they said that. And since Professor Oblivion was on there, he obviously recorded a tape that just so perfectly timed the answer to her question. Yes. Also, he was looking off screen to uh, James Woods and Ann Coulter flirting. Mm-hmm. He recorded everything. Yeah, he recorded everything. In every eventuality. <laughs> it's like CNN has those tapes as like, the you know, the president's been shot and all those, all these things that they film. Oh, I just came up with an awesome fan theory. You ready? Yeah, I oh. guess. I was in the middle of saying stuff. But... Well, mine's important. Okay. Oblivion was... The. This is a great theory. Go ahead and finish your thing. <laughs> Do you need more time to yeah, see your theory? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like CNN and big news outlets. <laughs> it was a dumb thing to say anyway. <laughs> they have like pre recorded stuff for basically every eventuality, uh, or a, lo- a lot of possible eventualities, so that they can be the first to, to put them on air. That was it. <laughs> What's your fan theory? So my fan theory is Jigsaw from the Saw movies learned everything he did from Oblivion. Because we talked about how like everything has to line up perfectly from him. Mm-hmm. So he was an understudy to Oblivion. So he... That's the great name for a band, Understudy to Oblivion? That is actually a great band name. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Karosik. When, this Karosik, when Karosik kicks you out of Karosik, and then you have to... <laughs> Start a new band. Understudy to Oblivion. Um, yeah. Uh, understudy to Oblivion. So. She also does say that at this point he is Videodrome. So whatever the fuck that means <laughs> is reality, <laughs> I guess, in this movie. So, so this is the perfect point where, so, so the optometrist ends up fisting James Wood's mangina. He put he inserts a cons- a cassette into his mangina. Uh huh. Hold on. At this point, James Woods has already pulled all, out the gum out gun out of his mangina. No. He puts a cassette into him, and that's him programming him. Okay. So then he programs him to go kill the Channel eighty three people, and that's when he pulls and that's the gun when out. he pulls the gun out, and then the gun becomes a part of his hand. But then when he shoots the people, he just has the gun. The gun is not a part of his hand. But later he shoots other people and the gun is a part. This movie... Ah! So I don't know... That, that's my question. Is I don't know when it starts and when it stops becoming reality. I like, think... I. The only way I can wrap my brain around it is if Videodrome does not cause hallucinations, but in fact causes reality to warp. Or something. Because or, or if it wants it to be a hallucination, then it is. Or the movie sucks. Because he shoots his partners with a gun mercilessly. So the gun has attached to his hand, 
He like it is put spikes into his hand so that he can never let go of the gun, mm-hmm. and then he puts it in his pocket and he, his hand is fine. Mm-hmm. He goes and he shoots, but he's confused by that too. He's like, "Why is my hand fine? I thought I had a gun attached to it." Okay, but he shoots his partners with the gun, which then, by the way, he puts the gun. He holds it under. <laughs> he's there are three people in this room. He shoots the other two people in this room, puts the gun under his jacket, and people are like, oh my god, are you okay? (laughs) Not, you obviously just murdered these people. It's, oh my god, are you okay? And so he just, he just like, lastidaisically walks through a crowd of people who are just like, there was just a double murder. (laughs) And he just walks outside. And then he goes to kill Oblivion. The daughter, and then the, his gun hand is now a gun hand again. Uh, at this point, he meets back up with Oblivion's daughter, and to murder her, and she turns him again. So she yeah. turns him from being Videodrome to being anti-Videodrome, using Ann Coulter, saying that they killed Ann Coulter. Yes. Yeah. And he switches back. Yeah. So he went from being kind of neutral to being pro Videodrome to being anti Videodrome. He was brainwashed to be an assassin for Videodrome. Yes. And now he's kind of brainwashed to be an assassin for, for not Videodrome. For Oblivion. To against Videodrome. Yes. Uh, so he ends up going and killing people. He, We find out that Harold, his tech guy, was involved from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. There was never any broadcast correct uh harold never watched it because he didn't want to be succumb to the effects of videodrome Mm -hmm. and kills harold right you you're skipping over that here's what happens he he, harlan says hey did you take care of oblivion and he's like yeah because he's a liar and then he's like all right well i have a brand new cassette for you and he puts his cassette in his abgina, and then his abgina sucks in his hand, and then he pulls it out, and his hand is now just like this bloody mess. And he's like, "Yeah, my ab- I totally did that with my abgina, because I I'm against you." Yeah. <laughs> and so that that guy with his hand missing backs up against a wall and explodes. <laughs> That's a real thing. That's but, a thing that happens. But, but in this it was movie. like, but he still was making a fist. Like he had no, yeah, no skin or muscle from the middle of his forearm up. But he was still making a fist. It um, like part of me wants to it think it looked like a microphone. It what it actually looked like is like a World War II era grenade. So I'm wondering if that's what it was, but it's not explained Maybe. how he swapped the cassette, ate his hand, and replaced it. With a World War Two grenade, they cut that all from scene. inside of his head. They cut that scene where he went to a military uh, uh, over uh, surplus store, mm-hmm. got that, stuck yeah. it in his man in his uh, abgina. Mm-hmm. I'll and, need this for later, like yeah. Bender from Futurama. Just throw shit in there, yeah, and then it'll come out episodes later. The same episode, he stopped and got a grilled cheese and only ate half of it and put the other half in his abgina, yeah, for later. Mm-hmm. And Lucy Lou's head, Lucy Lou's head. It's a running gag from Futurama. I don't know what Lucy Lou said. 
What? I don't know that. Lucy Liu. Oh, Lucy Liu's head. Yes. They said Lucy Liu's head. That's what I said. <laughs> this is our own who's on first bit. <laughs> Third base. <laughs> so, um, so he ends up finding Los Pollos Hermanos. Uh, the Gus stand-in in this yes. situation. Uh, in this terrible analogy. Kills him. Why is that? A, that's not a terrible analogy at all. I think that stands up. Sure. Sure. I just want to mock you. That's all. <laughs> I, I'll go to bat for that. This movie is considered a classic in the genre. And I don't know why. Okay. Other than. You're getting ahead of cool. yourself. You're getting ahead of yourself. Okay. <sighs> You're getting ahead of yourself. Uh, yeah. And he kills him and James Woods is happy. The end. He kills him with his gun hand. His gun hand shoots him like four times in the chest. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I'm dead. Oh, no, my skin's all bubbling and I'm exploding for no reason. And then, so this is all in like L.A. presumably, right? Somewhere. Uh, Yeah. Then hard cut. He's in Toronto. Well, it, well, the... Cronenberg is famous for being a Canadian filmmaker, so I think the whole thing was Toronto. Like, every movie he does is just in Canada. So I think the whole thing might have been there. No, because when Harlan and Optometrist monologue, or I guess (laughs) co-monologue, about why they're doing it. Co-monologue. You said... Because it's not a dialogue, because they're both talking at somebody else. You named two people and said monologue, and I was like, wait a minute. Detectors (laughs) are going off. Something's wrong here. And then you said... Because it wasn't a dialogue. Co-monologue. We're going to monologue together back and forth. Yeah. That's going to be our monologue. Yeah. So, (laughs) they say the whole reason they're doing this is that Americans have gone soft and America needs to fight back in this in this global world that is also that is not soft. America soft. America fuck yeah. We're going to turn them all into tough soldier assassins. I think I learned a new word recently which is like fracking and I think it's where like one dude tries to put his dick into another dude's dick. That's docking and you put your dick in the foreskin of another person. Yeah, another that. dick. That's what the next it's thing docking. They do. Then they do that. fracking is trying to get oil from like dirt i know it's not actually that but it's essentially that it's like it's like uh practical alchemy (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) so then they're in america somewhere presumably practical alchemy is bands tom's (laughs) band name after he gets kicked out of understudy to oblivion yeah there you go this is great (laughs) No, Practical Alchemy is their first album. Oh, I like I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's also the name of the title. It's named off of their first single also. Mm-hmm. Practical Actum. Practactomy. <laughs> Practactomy. Anyway, he winds up in Toronto after presumably being in America because the whole point of the movie is America. Fuck yeah. He winds up in Toronto and is like, oh, you know what would be great if I just go on this harbor for no reason, and then I'll go in this abandoned boat for no reason, and then look, there's a video drum, and it tells me to kill myself, and so I just kill myself, and that's the end of the movie. Ah! <laughs> Justin, overall thoughts on video drum? Ah! <laughs> like 
this is the video drum. <laughs> I don't know how much whiskey you have had. That's it. But half of what was left is now on you. Just, you completely missed your mouth. You could not have missed more. Go ahead. So I feel like this movie is talked about as being like, it's not a huge movie, but it's like influential to a select group of people, and it's well liked within the certain circles that I respect. And I thought this movie sucked. Like I was so on board in the beginning, and then it just lost its way, and was trying to be a showpiece for Cronenberg to do his special effects, and he lost the he lost the plot somewhere. And I get. I feel like I want to talk about this more after we talk about existence. That's fine. We can do that. I, th- I think they'll they'll <sighs> go together. But we'll. F- okay. So. Overall, I disagree with what you're saying. To a degree, I understand what you're saying because I think you like things. This feels to me like Lords of Salem in that you want something that is co- more cohesive, that you can put together more, that you can piece together more. I want something it's, that establishes rules and follows them, and I don't care what those rules are. But you can't break the rules. You can break the rules of our reality. You can't break the rules of your own reality. But I don't know what those rules are. That's what I'm saying. You need to establish the rules or I have no basis. I can only assume that it's my reality. And then you're breaking all those rules, so I have I can't, as a viewer, discern what I'm supposed, what is supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm. So, so the all right. So another thing that that you said was the point of the movie was America. Fuck yeah! I don't think that's at all what it was. I think the point was we need to be introspective about our relationship with our screens, how much we're spending, how much time we're spending in front of them, the amount of effort, the amount of thought and what it's doing to us as a society, because they even talk about, and this is even before like the, the tipper gore thing came up, like how much violence is impacting and how much is too much video games, whether too much violence, not enough violence, etc. It's all starting to try to address those issues. And I think Cronenberg's Cronenberg's goal with this isn't to necessarily have an opinion or to tell you what his opinion is. It's to open that dialogue. He means, I don't even know if he means something, but he wants you to start thinking about this topic. And that's his goal with making the movie. I may have misspoke when I said the point of the movie is America, fuck yeah. The point of the plot is America, fuck yeah. That's the, that's why they did, that's why the MacGuffin is there. That's that's that being said, that's the motivation. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, the fly is science is scary. Huh? Look what can happen. This one is TV scary. Look what can happen. And existence is video games are scary. Look what can happen. And I know I'm jumping the gun here, but I feel like it's simultaneously heavy handed, but at the same time, like he paints in broad strokes and sometimes those are those strokes can be very confusing and obfuscated in a way that makes these movies difficult to see meaning in okay however so you said he can be heavy-handed i don't think it's heavy-handed at all because this isn't like smoke pot and you're going to accidentally shoot someone, right? 
or you're going to overdose. This this isn't heavy handed at all in that way. It's because it is. It, it's, it, it's it's so obtuse. It, it's not nothing is nothing is direct. Everything is completely metaphorical and stylized that it doesn't mean what it's showing you. It means something else. It takes two steps to get from what he's showing you to get what he's saying. So it's a guise to get you to start thinking about that. And right now I don't have anything to say, but you keep leaning forward to say something and I keep cutting you off. So I wanted to do it one more time. I get that it's not reefer madness. Reefer madness is smoke pot, bad things will happen. Boom. This is watch too much TV and it'll turn you into an assassin. And you realize that that's crazy but then you go, all you have to do is go one layer into that metaphor and like, oh, you know, TV is very influential and it's dangerous to consume too much of it. It is only one step away from reefer madness. That's why I say it's very heavy handed. But at the same time, it's it's very obfuscated because I feel like he tries, maybe he's not, maybe the point is he's not trying to say things in certain places. But I feel like whatever he's saying is lost in him just trying to put cool effects on screen sometimes or him not quite figuring out the plot. I don't know. Okay. We, we both agree. There's not one discernible way to read this movie. Uh, and I don't know about you, but every time I've seen this movie... I'm enthralled from beginning to end to see, cause you have no idea what's going to happen next. Like we could have easily just as said that there's a fucking assembly line of mutant amphibians that starts showing up that people are dissecting to create something out of, right? That could have totally happened and you would have believed it, right? Sure. Yeah. Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Justin existence. Give us a synopsis. So, what if Videodrome were video games? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Overall thoughts? Uh, I thought it was more coherent. I felt like it it uh, it established rules within its universe, within the, the, the reality of the movie. And it mostly didn't break those rules. And when it did break those rules, it let you know why. And I feel like this was a much more competently made movie. I think everything you said I will agree with. Um, Yeah. So we start off with Doctor Who. I I don't know Doctor Who. The Doctor from Doctor Who the best doctor Christopher Eccleston 9 completely wasted in this movie I have no idea what you're talking about right now Christopher Eccleston the seminar leader okay and he's like existence little e capital X blah 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 worst name ever and then he's like capital Z and I was like oh he's hmm I guess this place this takes place in America because he would have said Zed because he's British but he said Z. And he's completely wasted in this movie. <laughs> Let's keep talking about Doctor Who reference. I don't understand. That's not a Doctor Who reference. They say Zed in Britain. 
They say H and they say Z. No, but you... X, Y, Z. I would have had to have known Doctor Who and then known that the lead character in the ninth incarnation of Doctor Who was British in real life. They're all British. Or they're all from the United Kingdom. Ten was Scottish. Duh. David Tennant. Duh. You haven't brought up Gilmore Girls yet. We should probably do that real quick. Uh, I don't know anyone from Gilmore Girls that's in any of these movies. That's, that's so sad. Mm, you failed no one. <laughs> okay. So uh, he's a seminar leader. He's saying we're trying out a new video game. Mm-hmm. We've got... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. We've got Jennifer Jason Lee. Allegra. Here. Allegra. Because it's the name of a drug. That's so how I remembered. We've got Allegra here. She designed this new video game. Who's our volunteers to come up? So everybody comes up. They decide they're going to volunteer for this video game. So they all get out their video game controllers. Well, it's a it's a brand new system, so she like supplies them. Oh, that's right. She well. Well, like, so a guy sneaks in and he has an older one, and he's like, "I know it's kind of old, but blah 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 blah." I got the Virtual Boy of the Existence Universe. Yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> And it like looks like weird armor or something, but it's all bio-y. Okay, so what are these game controllers? They are like fleshy they're things ju- with like caverns, and they have a bunch of nipples slash clitorises. They're giant earlobes with tumors. Clitori? They're giant ears with that you finger the ear clits. Clitorises? And then it has an umbilical cord. Is the is the cord that yeah. controls the video games? Yeah, and it, you see the cord going to all the people. Yeah, and that's how you control this video game. Yeah, and they all kind of go into this trance as they're just like playing with the thing in front of them. Yeah, they're just diddling these clits, like these four clits. Actually, that's not true. Some of them are diddling with, and some of them aren't. Because <laughs> they're a just bunch of they're just watching. Really the they're movie. just watchers. Uh. And then the guy that snuck in jumps up with what Justin described as the seahorse gun, shoots Allegra, shoots the seminar leader, mm-hmm. uh, and screams death to Allegra Guinness. Dillinger? Dillinger? Death to Allegra, Jennifer yeah. Jason Leigh. Yeah. Um, Jude Law comes. Uh, who had let that guy in because he was security. Let that guy in, uh, is told, you need to get her out of here. He Allegra Geller. Geller. I read the back of the. I said Gellis. I was close. I said Dillinger. I got the end. There you go. Combined, we would make a beautiful child. I mean, get the correct name. The baby would fat. <laughs> I think there's an inverse relationship between how cute a baby is when they're a child to how attractive they are as an adult. I think that that is not necessarily true. Okay. I think that that is true in the sense that psychics have real powers. You're remembering the hits and forgetting the misses. It's probably true. It's probably true. Mm -hmm. Have I told the story about when my wife sent me the random picture of the preemie baby? A, no. B, I love that you start every story now with, have I told the story before? (laughs) Just tell the story. Okay, so... So, a few years ago, randomly, my wife sends me this picture. And the picture is... Ugly ass baby laying between 
this mom's legs. Like she's got her legs together. It's a clothed baby. It's just this ugly She's laying baby. on her legs. She's laying on her legs. Okay. Yes. Between her legs is a totally different pose. She's, she's got her legs together and the baby's laying on her legs. Okay. And so her her friend had had a baby premature, like super premature, like four or five months premature, like right on that cusp of maybe it's viable, maybe it's not. Yeah. And the, the baby ended up making it and the baby's fine and everything. But especially right at the beginning, the baby looks like a preemie baby which aren't the most traditionally cute babies because they haven't they haven't cooked long enough yeah exactly right so she sends me this picture of this frankly ugly ass baby right just randomly out of the blue months and months and months after the i know this baby's going to be okay it's not like this was like this baby got to go home today or something like that right it's like why the fuck did she just send me this picture of this ugly ass baby so I responded and I'm like, why? Or I didn't. I, like later in the day I saw her. I'm like, why did you send me a picture of so-and-so's baby? She's like, what are you talking about? That was our baby when he was two months old. <laughs> and I was like, goo! Oh my God. <laughs> Beer goggles really are a thing. <laughs> Holy shit, was he ugly as shit. <laughs> but you don't know it because you. it's just, it's like the... the 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 go to you just thing. described new fatherhood as beer goggles <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's exact i know that now if you would have told me before because everybody's like oh my baby was actually cute when he was little let me tell you they are not here's you the think, thing you think that they are they're not here's the thing all babies are ugly yeah all babies are ugly because they look like babies they're ugly I told my son today that he had to go to bed because you were going to eat him if he if if he if you got here before he was upstairs. Good parenting. That's the same. That's the ugly baby. <laughs> uh, and then the older one said, "Yeah, he tried to eat me once." <laughs> the one that was already predisposed to not being your biggest. The messed fan. up thing is he might actually think that's true. <laughs> yeah. And then I was just envisioning fat bastard from. <laughs> From the Austin Powers movies, just trying to eat my children. I do have a red beard. So, yeah. Um, existence. So, Jude Law runs off with them. Uh, yeah, they make a getaway in like this pickup truck. I don't know if you picked up on this. Mm-hmm. The whole time that they're driving, something behind the camera is orange and reflecting in Jude Law's eyes. And I couldn't understand anything anyone was saying because all I was thinking is, what the fuck is that? And why is that in the shot? Why is it in his eyes this entire scene? Mm -hmm. No, missed it. (laughs) That's all I could focus on for five minutes of this movie while they're in that truck. No, missed it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So they end up deciding that they're going to... uh, She's talking to him. She's realizing he's not really security. He's just some lackey intern guy. Yeah, he's a he's a PR something. He's a marketing intern. She calls him a PR idiot or something. I don't know. Yep. Uh, and they're going to find a motel to crash at. Yeah. So they start to crash at this motel. She starts playing with her her pod. Yep. Uh, which she keeps in a rollerblade minus the blades. Uh, it's a ski boot. It's something. It's weird. It's a ski boot. 
Well, I've never been skiing, so. The only reason I know it's a ski boot is because I watched the special features <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> and there's this, this whole section where Cronenberg sang like, he was trying to f- come up with what they would carry their game cases in, and he wanted it to look like a ski boot. And then they showed him going through like all these steps, and they're spending like a lot of time and a lot of money, and they're designing these things that like are obviously custom made to hold these ears with giant clits on them mm-hmm. uh, that sort of look like a ski boot. And they're like, show like, you know, these are probably weeks and months apart that he's doing these follow-up things. Yeah. And, find, and then they cut to him and he's like, you know, I just realized after a while, like, I described as being like a ski boot. Why don't we just make it a ski boot? And you know that everybody that spent like months on that were just like, what the fuck was all this for? I just spent how much money? This is going to look so good on my IMDb, <laughs> but fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. And then they just went with a ski boot. The uh, The guy in charge of uh, the special effects for this movie, his name Jim Isaac, he went on to direct Jason X, the one where he goes to space. So look forward to that. Yay. And then he died. No. Like my mom. <laughs> I just found out. Uh, are you, you just laughed at me. Because <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> uh, like I knew Stanley Kubrick died like uh, before Eyes Wide Shut came out. He died like four days after he finished the final cut of that movie. It's crazy. I am don't think I'm on... I really understand Stanley Kubrick. He is by far my favorite director. I don't think I get him. Uh, I will turn you on to a YouTube channel that will blow your motherfucking mind. I will turn you on to some Mark Povich episodes <laughs> that will confuse the shit out of you. And one Sally Jesse Raphael where <laughs> it'll confuse you even more. And it's just her. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, uh, mm, it's not so weird. I don't know. Um, glasses. <laughs> so they they start talking, and he's lear- we through Jude Law are learning more about this system. So this game system literally pl- puts the the umbilical cord type thing goes into a hole in your back. Right. That is how you play the game. Mm-hmm. And he decides through being convinced by her he's gonna go forward with this he's gonna get this port he's he's he's, his body is virginal he's never had one nope never so he's gonna decide he's gonna get this but how in the hell have a bioport how are we where are we gonna do this we're gonna just go to a country gas station and get a bioport cut Cut to to country gas station a country gas station that is called country gas station where is run by willem defoe named gas named gas the gas station attendant is named gas. How quickly were you on to anything happening here? Having just seen Videodrome, it's like, oh, well, this is, totally makes sense. <laughs> like <laughs> That's true. I set you up to like <laughs> to piece it together like, relatively nope, he's quick. Just, he's just bad, but I guess that's part of the fun. <laughs> so so you weren't on to what was happening? No. Okay, good. So that's even better. So uh, turns out gas can give him a bioport. Mm-hmm. So he takes uh, a super soaker <laughs> and sticks it against his back and shoots a hole into his spine mm-hmm. so that they can insert the umbilical cord into his spine so he can play this video game. Correct. However, quickly reveals gas is a bad guy. 
Mm-hmm. He's after the reward for Allegra. Five million dollars. Five million bucks. Jude Law shoots him in the neck with the super soaker. Yeah. Killing him. Blast right through his neck. It was kind of cool. Dead. Jude Law, Jennifer Jason Lee make their way outside where there is a mutant two-headed dragon. Uh, Yeah, like a... I don't know. It's not really... Yeah, sure. It's dragon-like. Sure. Like, a, an originally, it looks like a little tiny baby dragon. Yeah. With two heads, right? Yeah. It's like... It's like the baby willow creature with two heads at the end. The little stop motion guy. Sure. Okay. Um, and I don't remember willow as, as for as often as I watched that movie as a kid. I don't remember it very much. Uh, so we find out that they end up back at the gas station. She's like, my port is, si-, or I'm sorry, my biopod is sick. It has the only version of Existence, this game that I designed. Right, because the, the bioport he installed made it short out yes um and it's it's sick uh and we find out they're made from amphibian eggs and synthetic dna is how they create these game systems so this is an xbox made with amphibian cells and synthetic dna mutant amphibian cells yes gross (laughs) i mean they're all just flesh and clitoris so what'd you expect Wait, are you are you talking about women or are you talking about <laughs> No, women are objects. Oh. <laughs> okay. We're we're both charming them today. <laughs> um so Jennifer Jason Lee convinces him that they're going to well, they they can't play Existence yet cuz he's still infected. He still has the bad bioport. Right. So that she knows someone that's friendly. They go to a ski lodge. They go to a ski lodge. And they come across... Which makes the whole ski boot thing make sense. Ski lodge owner operator. Yeah. But it's a it's abandoned ski lodge. Yes. So he fixes Jude Law up. He's like, you got a good bio part now. You guys are safe. She convinces Jude Law, let's play Existence now. Yeah. And then so we get it, the so, most sexual yeah. scene in these two movies. <laughs> yeah. So Jude, first of all, Jude Law also sees the little dragon this time. Before it was just Allegra. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, oh, at that point I'm thinking, oh, so she plugs it into her body. The game world is leaking into the real world. I was, I was okay. I can see this. that. I can see that. Then that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, she's, she's starting to listen to the game, or something is leaking out because we haven't seen the game at this point. Mm-hmm. Then Jude Law sees it, and I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> uh, so he convinces her to play the game, yeah. right? So. They we get the most sexual and awkward scene where we watch Jennifer Jason Lee take the umbilical cord that leads to the controller, insert it into Jude Law's hole in his back. So previously in the in the gas scene he had said uh he he didn't like to be penetrated. That's why he hadn't gotten a bioport. He didn't like yes. to be penetrated mm-hmm. surgically. Yeah, he throws in the surgically at the end. Yeah. So Jennifer Jason Lee's like licking her fingers and licking the thing. Because mm-hmm. you got to slowly. You never touch it with dry fingers. Slips it in and does it a quick turn. And Jude Law tenses up for a second and relaxes as she's filled his bioport. And then they play Existence. Yay. Then she flicks the clearest to turn it on. 
<laughs> she just gives it a good whack. Yep. Um. I do have to say, for the attention to detail, they always flick the same clitoris to turn it on. So props to that for <laughs> the script supervisor or whoever was looking out on that. Um. So they go into the game. And the very first place they go in the game is a game store. Yeah, because where else would you go? So they go to the game store. Uh, they end up hooking up with a guy and Jude Law's freaking out because this is the most realistic thing ever. He really feels like he's walking around. It's like real life. And they start to learn some of the rules of the game. The rules of the game include there's times that you really can't control what you're saying and doing. That's where your character is taking over. They have urges to, to say or do things that and they would normally do because yep. it's needed for the plot of the game. Yes. There's also times where if you don't say or do the right thing, people won't respond or they'll just keep going over and over in a loop until you say or do the correct thing. Right. Um, they end up hooking up with the guy that owns it. He gives them these little mini bioports, which are instead of the the baseball uh, the the baseball glove size video game controllers. These are little tiny ones that basically look like a cauliflower ear. So a cauliflower ear size thing. You're, you're really nailing your sports references today. <laughs> uh, and they they decide they're going to use these. They have to use these cauliflower ear bioport. Or I'm sorry, micropods is what they are. Mm-hmm. So they take this chapstick and onto one another because it's in the smaller of their back. They yeah. put the chapstick on each other's hole. If you look at it. it so it was a WD forty thing that she sprays on yeah. him in the in the real world, mm-hmm. uh, and this is this is a little chapstick that has the, it's the same like RD sixty I think is what it was called or something. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so she lubes him up, and then like this bioport just like gets sucked into the back, like it. The, the whole the thing goes sucked in. into the bioport. Yeah. So imagine taking a cauliflower ear. And just shoving it into an anus, like that's the that's the size that we're talking about. And it's about too here. big for the anus, and the anus just sucks it in greedily. Yes, like one of Justin's erotic stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they do that to each other, and then and, us. and then they're transferred to become other characters in the game. Well, the, the micropods gave them their identities. Yes. Yeah. So then. Uh, they just appear they just, there. They they're like they're like I don't. This feels weird. I feel like I want to have sex with you. Oh yeah, I let's, about the let's have awkward sex. And then right before the good stuff, boom, he wakes up and he's on a factory line. So he's on a factory line, and he's weirded out because he's doing things, but he doesn't know what he's doing. The factory line. Can you describe the factory line? I, for I don't, some reason, feel I like you might have the right word. I'm not so sure I do. Why don't <laughs> you see if anything comes to you? It's almost as if it was like an assembly line mm-hmm. full of weird mutant amphibians Okay, that you had to pick up and dissect. I could never have came up with that. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, also, you can't conjugate verbs correctly either. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's what his job is, is to just dissect these mutant, which look fantastic. They just look great. Uh, so any combination of reptile slash amphibian that you could combine, they do here. Then he pulls out little parts, wraps them in the brown paper, like at a butcher shop Mm -hmm. and sends it on their way. Yeah. The guy in the station next to him compliments his meat cutting availability 
I'm sorry, ability, not availability, on uh, these mutant amphibians and tells him where to go to lunch, to go to the Chinese restaurant, and to make sure that he orders the special. The Chinese restaurant in the middle of the woods. Yes. Uh, so he does. He goes to the Chinese restaurant in the middle of the woods. Well, first, okay, because this is, this is the important, this to me is the most important part of this movie. Okay. He goes downstairs. He finds Allegra. Mm-hmm. She is one of the people who grabs, takes the brown paper bags, washes the parts, mm-hmm. and like does something else. I don't know. She washes parts. So he starts talking to her like he knows her. And she delivers a line of dialogue. And then he talks some more. And then she looks down, picks up a brown paper bag, and delivers the same line of dialogue. What the fuck? They've just established that in-game, like, non-playable characters in-game, you have to say the right dialogue to advance, and characters that don't have agency, they need the that right dialogue, or they'll just loop. But then it's just dropped. She's been Jennifer Jason Lee slash Allegra Geller this whole time. Okay, so there's two, there's three things I want to say regarding this. Okay. One is, number one, I took that to mean she could have just been fucking with him. Because she kind of fucks with him at points. That's one. I don't... Two, two, the very last, think about the very last shot of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. That could be related to that, which we'll get to. The very last shot or the very last scene? Mm, no, like the one with the Asian man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they cut to them and they're like, I don't know, are we? Okay. So basically, it's I don't know how layered it gets. I don't see a connection to that last scene. We'll, but come, okay. we'll come back to it when we talk sure. at the end. Um, and then the last one thing that I want to say is it also confuses me. This seems similar to when we get to the next scene when Jude Law points the gun at her. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are equally the same kind of degree of confusing, and I'm not sure what's happening. His can be explained. I feel hers can't. Okay. It could be if she was just fucking with him. That could be, but I don't feel like she fucks with him enough through the movie, nor does she ever mention, hey, I was just fucking with you. To establish that. I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily. So if that was I'm, the I'm intent, t- it was poorly executed. I'm not disagreeing with that. That's a legitimate thing that I don't necessarily get. Yeah. As much as I feel like I get about this movie, I don't have a clear-cut answer to that part mm-hmm. of it. So they go to the Chinese restaurant in the woods for lunch. What is the Chinese restaurant called? Chinese restaurant? It's called Chinese restaurant, and it's in the middle of the woods. Yeah. They get there. They uh, have a super weird, awkward encounter with the waiter. And they insist on ordering the special. Mm-hmm. He brings the special. Well, he says the special is only for special occasions. Oh, yes. And she says, he said, Jude Law says, Pykel says, well, it just so happens to be her birthday. And he says, well, that is a very special occasion. Spe- specials all around because they're sitting at a table full of people that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And everyone else leaves instead of getting the special. I just realized something I have to go back to. Yeah. When they were doing the micropods and then they went to like the reason that they started to have sex, like they inserted them. Mm-hmm. And then Jude Law tried to like have have Bioport 
cunnilingus. Yeah. Where he started trying to lick he her He inserts the micropod, micropod and then just starts licking it. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. We should bone. <laughs> Somebody's definitely stuck something in a biopod before, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that's its own subcategory on the internet during yeah. existence when that's real. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like teens, bukkake, bioport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. So we're on the, we're on the same page there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so they're at the Chinese restaurant. They order the special. The special shows up. And the special is essentially everything that Jude Law was just dissecting mm-hmm. is on the plate. Yep. So it's just the most mutant amphibians ever. Right. And, and they're both incredibly disgusted by this. Mm, yeah. And as Jude Law is saying how disgusted he is, he starts diving into it and eating them. Mm-hmm. Saying, this is disgusting, but I can't help myself. Right. And so to eat them, he like pulls off their skin. He takes about like four or five bites. And now he has a nice piece of bone. Mm-hmm. And then he does that for a second one. And now he has a different piece of bone, which he connects to the first. And so on and so forth. Until he creates a bone gun. Pulls. We never talked about the bone gun. We You, you called it the seahorse gun. The seahorse gun, but we skipped over the fact. This it's full was, of teeth. It was, it was shot teeth that was made out of bone so that it was completely. It was all biomatter. Exactly. So pass would, metal detectors. Nothing would get by it. Right. So then he pulls out three of his own teeth mm-hmm. and loads them into the gun. Mm-hmm. And they kill the waiter, the Chinese waiter. Yeah, so he points it at her and says, death to, Allegra, death to the Alleg- Allegra, Allegra Geller, the demon, blah, 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 demoness, something. Yep. Which is what was delivered as at the start of this film, mm-hmm. as he was trying to kill him. And so that could be explained away with the game gave him an urge to do that. Okay. Mm, Maybe. So, I'm not saying that's the best one, but I feel like as a viewer, mm-hmm. I can think that. Whereas I can't think, I can't come up with that same excuse for her. Okay. So, that's where I think it differs. I feel like m- your explanation makes as much sense to me as my explanation does to you about the other one. Okay. So, I think we can both agree something's funky with both of those, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> he, he, shoots the, he shoots and kills the Chinese guy. No. For what? that sake... For the sake of the podcast, I'm going to move on. But I just want you to say, no, I do not agree with that. What? Let's go. <laughs> no, hold on. we got to iron this out now. We both, we both just said that both because of these Because yours, yours was, hey, she could be fucking with him, having not really established anything. And mine is, based on the rules of the universe, here is an explanation that they don't give to you. But you can rationalize yourself. No, no, not in the slightest. Right, fine, we'll get into it. I was I was complimenting you and I wasn't going to shit. Now I'm shitting. All right? Because the game that they're playing inside Existence right now doesn't have anything to do with her. Or Because in this, in this thing, she is not a game designer. In this version, she's she works in this meatpacking plant. She's not Alexa Geller. Uh, Allegra. Allegra Geller the person that creates video games inside the world of the world where they sit and they eat at the Chinese restaurant. So that doesn't make any sense. That wouldn't You're be You're right. That character. doesn't make sense. So, so I would. It doesn't make sense either way. 
Because he's legitimately deciding to pull the trigger or not. Yeah. I'm saying that one made less sense. There, Your explanation made less sense than my, my explanation for the one that didn't make sense. But we're both saying neither one really makes sense. <laughs> okay. That's what I said. And then you said, no, I disagree with you. We both don't say that they both don't make sense. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. You're, okay. So kills the Chinese waiter. Shoots him right in the face. With his teeth gun twice. He shoots him in the cheek and he's like, that sucked. Let me take out my cleaver and kill you with there it. Was, there was a moment where like I wanted to, like I, I think I got confused between this and Dumb and Dumber when like the <laughs> cheek... <laughs> When, what? When, when, remember when the Chinese waiter like starts doing like flips and karate moves and then like punches him in the nuts like 25 times and then reaches into Jim Carrey's chest and pulls his heart out? Like, yeah, for a second, like I was like, oh, that's not this movie. That's that's dumb and dumber. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was not confused in the slightest in that way. But then again, I guess I know the difference between Chinese and Japanese, so. so Asians don't confuse me. So, uh, Okay. They end up going back to the video game store, right? Sure. Yes. Um, and they get scalded by somebody that works there. This says you were tricked by the guy on the assembly line. You killed your contact. Uh, the guy that told you to kill the Chinese waiter is actually your enemy. Yeah. First off, the guy from the assembly line turns out to be a cook at the Chinese restaurant. Yes. And talks about how they bred these things for pods, but then found out they're delicious. So now they, now some of them get bred for pods, but most of them get eaten. It was just a nice little throwaway there. <laughs> Also, the dog took the gun and delivered it back to the guy at the video game store. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, they find out, like, oh, we're not very good at this game, maybe. Yeah. They end up going back to work. Uh, they go back to work. And uh, and work is in the meatpacking plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Allegra finds that her uh, pod is contaminated. It's sick. It's all STDE. It's got some weird video game STD. No, okay, no. This is this is where this is why I was confused. Because in the Chinese restaurant, he yells, "Existence is paused," and it pauses the game, and they go back into the real world. Mm-hmm. So we skipped over that part. Okay, because that's how she finds out that her thing is sick because yes. his pod is infected. Yes. Yes. So they're in the real world, not existence here. Okay. But in existence, when they go back, her pod's still infected. No. Yes. Because the dude operates on the pod. It's infected in existence. There is no pod in existence because they have the micropods. No, there's a pod in existence. Remember? Because the guy... the guy comes in. They like how we're arguing about things that are actually in the movie or not. <laughs> the, so the, the assembly line worker comes in because they're trying to say she plugs in inside the game existence and then she can't get it out. 
They can't get it out. Jude Law cuts the umbilical cord because they're like in the little workroom filled with straw. That's he cuts right. the umbilical okay. cord and then discards the umbilical. Like if something. What do they do in the real world after the Chinese restaurant? What's the point of that scene? I don't even remember. I don't know. Okay. They end up going back. No, no, no. They go back. So they, they go. The whole point of that scene is they go out and Jude Law's like, this feels so weird. The real world doesn't even feel real. I just want to live in existence. Okay. Let's go back in. They go back in. Okay. Then they find out that the pot is contaminated. It's right. sick. Uh, the assembly line worker ends up running in and he's dressed all in like military regalia and yeah. he shoots up the pod and yeah. then they pull out of the game. Right. Okay. They, they kill him, burn the whole place down and now they're out of the game. They're back in the real world, right. which is the motel. Yeah. That's no, where they're in the ski lodge. The so. ski lodge. I'm sorry. The and ski lodge. And she's like, "Oh, infection! I should have known." There, the game was trying to tell me that it's infected. Yes. By having all those infections around. Now I remember. Yes. So, uh, owner of the ski lodge ends up coming in. Um, they find out that he's bad because he actually infected them. Mm-hmm. Um, and thus begins a series of twists and turns that I followed the second viewing. But the first viewing, I was like, what the fuck? Because there's seriously like five twists where people turn on each other back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. right in a row. That's yeah. so hard to follow. I didn't find it that hard to follow because, I don't know, again, it was it was done more competently, I guess. Yeah. But it was definitely, they came fast and furious. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's all in five minutes. That, like that literally you have like, happen. yeah. And it's every single one of them is doing a 180. Right. So we find out, uh, you know, that the ski lodge guy was actually against them. Right. And then he gets killed by, by, uh, the real. Geller. Geller kills him. And yes, and Pykele is like, why'd you kill him? Why'd you kill him? And she's like, no, we're still in the game. And he's like, well, this could totally be reality. And by the way, it is reality yeah. because I'm the bad guy yeah. that never that wanted to kill you to begin with. Right. So now and I'm she's like, well, why you. didn't you kill me? And he's like, I had to get close to you to understand you or something. Dumb. Yes. Which didn't really make sense. So now you're like, okay, this is this movie's bullshit. Right. It's gotten and the whole time way she too has many something turns. in her hand that she never had before, and you're like, what is that? It's gotten way too many turns. It is getting a little overdone. It's getting too big. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. And so she takes the thing in her hand and turns it, and then turns it again, and because Michael's back explodes because they had established that she stuck something in there because he was sick. He was infected. Right. Ski Lodge guy gave him a bad port. Yeah. Right? She explodes. I'm sorry. Jude Law explodes, and she's like, woo, I win the game. Did and I win? Did I and win? And stands there and waits for something to happen. And then she looks down, and there's something weird on her hand. And then there's something weird on her head. Mm-hmm. And then the real world starts dissolving away into the real, real world. Yes, which makes you realize... Even when they started to sit down at the very beginning to play the game, mm-hmm. that in and of itself was a game. Right. Called Transcendence. Transcendence. Yeah. Transcendence. Transcendence. Okay. Come on. Capital C, capital Z. <laughs> Which is still terrible. Yeah. Um, then it's eerily familiar. 
Uh, there's somebody else. All of these cast of characters that you've seen before throughout the film. Will, Eccleston's back. Willem Dafoe's there. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the uh, the, assemb- the the assembly line guys. Actually, the Legra of that real universe. Right. He's the game designer. And then suddenly you the realize guy who the kid who tried to kill him in the beginning. Yep. Chinese waiter. Yep. Uh, all all the hits. Yep. And suddenly you realize. Wait a minute. Chinese restaurant and country gas station, those weren't bad filmmaking things. That was a clever hint that something was awry, that something didn't make sense. The guy, Willem Dafoe's... Clever is a strong word. Mm, it's, Willem Dafoe's name being Gas wasn't just an overtly poorly named character. It was an overt hint. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it was trying to. It, it, there's enough things that are off-putting that things shouldn't have appeared normal here, yeah. like like if like you little baby every, Drake. If you hinge everything on the smartest game designer in the world, would name his country gas station country gas station, run by a gas attendant named Gas. No, you suspend your belief, to disbelief. No, to no, do no, that. no, no, no. You know, see, here's the thing: we don't really understand what the game is because he is genuinely confused and concerned about how the game turned out. So you get the feeling that whoever's playing these games sort of creates the worlds and things that they go on. So it's like every version of the game is different. It's not like Super Mario Brothers, where everybody encounters the same thing. Um, you step back and you realize that that I think these characters have a lot to do because. Willem Dafoe probably made his own name. Maybe. You know, because he's like, I'm disturbed by how that game went because uh, it turned into... It didn't last very long, did I? Well, but but the the guy that actually created Transcendence is like, I didn't really like the way that that played out because it was very anti-video games. And game designer, that's me. Um, Everybody's doing their Palm Pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and Jude, the dog from the Chinese restaurants there. Weird. Everybody's there. Yeah. Uh, Jude, like, thanks for thanks for watching our dog. Jude, Jude Law and Allegra. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, couple. They show up. They go to shake his hand. They ask for some time alone. They rip some uh, fake fur off the dog. Which we just established that this dog was in like a dog sitting thing, and they never noticed that it was covered in like this fake fur blanket, nope. covering up two guns. Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then they shoot and kill maybe the real game designer? If this is, they shoot this world's game designer and assistant. Yes. And then the last shot is the... Uh, the Chinese waiter. The Chinese waiter saying, like, are we still playing? Or something along those lines. He said, yo, are we going to steal these pods? He says, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. And they look at each other and he's like, so are we going to steal these pods? That's what I heard. Mm, okay. But anyway, so. Maybe he says, are we still in the pods? I don't know. Yeah, still. Still. That would probably what... make slightly more sense. So the whole idea is. <laughs> I thought it was trying to end on a weird joke. No, 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 no. And, and that's, okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, how can you and I be so far off? Why are they stealing anything? This is the thing. So the the whole idea, and that's what I was saying for that last thing is, because you had said, we were trying to debate, and that's what I mean, like, you don't know how many layers this goes, 
right? So this has a definite, like this is inception, right? Because everything's layered upon layers upon layers. Sure. I mean, it's taken to the next level with inception. It's obviously, this is obviously growing another route, but there's definitely parallels there. Yeah. Yeah. Overall thoughts, Justin? Competently made. I still didn't really like it. Really? Yeah. I, I again, <laughs> I like TV and video games, and so TV's bad and going to kill you, or video games bad and going to kill you, didn't really resonate with me. <laughs> you can watch something and disagree with the premise and still like it, I would think. I, f- I feel like if the themes don't line up with your beliefs it's like if you don't if you don't buy into the themes then it's difficult you can yeah i don't know okay it's something something that has a message that you believe in is going to resonate with you more oh i agree with that and something but... that doesn't that has something opposite to what you believe is not going to resonate with you at all uh i don't know about that but obviously it wasn't good enough to to bypass that for you so i can't argue with that yeah so all right, Existence or Videodrome? Existence was at least competently made. I appreciate... I appreciate, I guess, what he tried to do in Videodrome probably more than Existence, but I feel like he did not... He did not land it at all. And I feel like in Existence, he at least made a competent movie where he landed seemingly what he wanted to land on. Hmm. Pretty, pretty disappointed. I'm kind of surprised with uh, your overall thoughts on both of these. Hmm. Sorry, I failed you. It's all right. What, do you, what I are think, your thoughts? I think you failed me. Um, so my overall thoughts on Existence is I think he took the concepts he was trying to do in Videodrome, kind of honed them. The uh, He took the weirdness and was able to make those. Uh, he, he worked those in to the plot. But to be fair, it's essentially a dream world, so he could do anything. Um, and he was able to choose something that he could pull off. He didn't try to do too much that it wasn't believable. He didn't try to create things that uh, they weren't able to pull off. I think it is uh, uh, a layered film like and like Videodrome. Uh, it starts a dialogue. I don't think it's particularly uh, heavy handed uh, and I don't think that it's clear cut in exactly what it's trying to say. I think it's trying to start a dialogue for those things. I don't think it's necessarily anti-video game. I think Just it is. I think it is heavy-handed, but also doesn't know what it wants to say. Okay. All right. Next week. Next week. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can't just say that and not hand me anything. I don't you expect know. me to fill time. No, no, I'm an idiot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next week. Next week. Uh, this one? Yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a great value double feature. <laughs> we will be watching the one on the left. Oh, I know what this is. This is exciting. Uh, we have mentioned this on the podcast previously. We have. Uh, on, I don't remember which one. Was it? Episode one. Was it episode one? It's part of a quiz. Oh, well, we also talk about it. Uh, and I think the Hell Comes to Frogtown episode. Okay. Uh, Stephen King's 
Maximum Overdrive. Is the tagline to this Evil's Wheels, period? (laughs) (laughs) That's a terrible tagline. It's almost as bad as the Rawhead Rex tagline. Uh, Yeah, so the front is just a... An 18-wheeler with blood all over the grate, and it's uh, looks like it's it's hit a few things. So yeah, I think we're going to go with uh, Sentient Car goes on a, a blood rampage. Get ready for maximum carnage. <laughs> Sorry. Written and directed by Stephen King with music by ACDC. <laughs> ACDC is the biggest thing on the back of this box. <laughs> Wait until you look at the back of this box and see what the biggest thing is on the next one. <laughs> All right, so you said sentient sentient trucks is what you guessed, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So like Optimus Prime. This is this is uh, going to qualify as a remake. All right. So okay. you know, we try to do remakes every few episodes, mm-hmm. right? This is a remake that's not necessarily a direct remake of Maximum Overdrive, but they are both based off of the same short story. Okay. So the short story was such a good concept and need to be pillaged that they had to do it twice. All right. They went back to the well a second time for I'm, this movie. I'm excited. Okay. So this did come out after Maximum Overdrive, so I guarantee you the people that made this had seen Maximum Overdrive and then were just going for it, okay? Okay. All right. okay so i just handed him the dvd of trucks and he's just says trucks it's called trucks which is also the name of the short story it says u-turn the letter u dash turn (laughs) comma you die you dash die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I can't say anything more than that. I want to point out, everybody, Justin, <laughs> J- David Cronenberg is one of is kind of heralded as a master as a master <laughs> filmmaker, and he just snuffed both of his movies and was like meh kind of shit i know criterion released a copy of <laughs> released videodrome and it's in the national archives but videodrome is shit and then i just gave him something called trucks so which excited. which does not feature any actual photo on the cover and he has been so happy he can't even talk that's how happy he is it's just the worst 1999 artwork on the cover made by a computer and he's still hyperventilating right now and giggling that's how excited what? he is. is that's what you're dealing with why are the writer director's name so big that's what back? i said look at the back so why? on the very back of the disc it says screenplay by brian tagger and directed by chris thompson and it is literally Who the fuck are they just slightly smaller than the name of the movie stephen <laughs> king's name could fit six times in each of those brian tagger and chris thompson their names are are literally if the if Stephen King's name is what eighteen point font these guys' names is thirty point font. Oh, all right, my Justin. side literally hurts. All right, what are we? What are you looking at on the cover that's getting you so excited? It's everything. It's just, just it says you turn you die. It's just called trucks. I don't even care about the picture that's like a bad ghost writer 
skeleton man driving a truck. You passed me a DVD called Trucks, mm-hmm. and you did so with a straight face. <laughs> so this is also, these are the two movies I already thought I owned, so I had to go out and buy these <laughs> to make sure we had them for this episode. I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. <laughs> All right. Justin, what else you got for us? Pike Morty. 